Welcome to the GoTo Wellness Pro podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you strategically grow a thriving and profitable health business online. Each week, we dive into new topics surrounding design and tech so that you can take action and have a brand and business you're super confident in. I'm your host, Julie Ralston, and the owner of Jules Design, a website design studio who helps ambitious wellness pros and holistic business owners grow their brands through intentional design. To learn more about working with me, head to julesdesign.co. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the GoTo Wellness Pro Podcast. You're listening to episode 58. And before I jump into the guest expert for this week's episode, let's talk a little bit more about what's been going on at Jules Design because I love to share things with you about what's happening around here. Um, And things have been really busy over here in a good way. I actually just launched two client websites over the past few weeks and I'm really excited to see those go live. I literally just clapped. (laughs) So excited. Launch day is really just my favorite because all of the hard work is now really out there for the world to see. The design, the messaging, the marketing work, all of those things have really come together and the website is just ready to share with everyone. So I just love it. I love the energy around launch days. It's so much fun. And I'm also officially booked for the rest of the year when it comes to custom website design through my signature service, the wellness website method. I do have a few spots open for website intensive days and for website audits. So if you're still looking for that, feel free to reach out before the end of the year. But I'm also booking spots for early 2022 for the wellness website method. So if redesign your website is going to be on your goal list for the new year, then reach out now to secure your spot on my design calendar. You'll kick off the new year well on your way to achieving one of your goals. Plus, you'll book more clients with your website, which I know is always a goal for a lot of people when they're getting ready for the new year is to book more clients next year. So we'll definitely get to do that through a redesign with your website. Plus, you get to take advantage of current pricing for the wellness website method. So if you're interested in learning more about that, you can check out more about the wellness website method over on my website, julesdesign.co backslash website. Okay, now let's go ahead and talk more about this week's episode. Today, I'm chatting with Michaela Buccaneri who is a copy and messaging expert. She helps health and wellness professionals attract more dream clients and patients with copy that connects. As a website designer, I absolutely love talking with Michaela because design and messaging really go hand in hand when it comes to creating a website that converts. Or as Michaela puts it, you can bring the in-person magic to the pages of your website so it feels like a really personal experience. And I love the way she phrased that. But it's really important to get the messaging right on your website because this is one of the things on your website that connects with your niche. So it allows you to convey your story and why you got started as a health professional. And ultimately, it's one of the reasons that you'll be chosen by your future clients while they'll want to work with you over the competition. So I'm very thankful to have her come on the podcast to talk more about copy. And in this episode, we cover five simple copy changes that you can implement to refresh your health and wellness website. So these are really action-oriented steps that you can take to make improvements quickly so you can start seeing results almost immediately. So for instance, more connection with your audience and conversions when your dream client starts reaching out to work with you all via your website. So let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode with Michaela. Welcome to the GoTo Wellness Pro Podcast, Michaela. I'm so glad you're here with us today. 
Thanks so much for having me, Julie. It's a treat. Well, I'm really excited to chat with you because I think messaging is super, super important when it comes to your website design. It's a big part of my design process because I know that messaging really helps to connect with your ideal client and really convey that you're making that life-changing impact in health and wellness on your website. So I'm excited that we're going to chat all about messaging today and how small changes can really make a big impact. But before we really jump into today's topic, could you just tell listeners a little bit more about yourself and your business and how you got started working with health and wellness pros? Sure. So my background is in clinical psychology, and I've been fortunate to have a lot of different roles within that in my life. I sometimes say my career closet is filled with all the hats I've worn. I've worked on research teams. I've taught and mentored undergrad and graduate students. I've consulted on different interventions and public policy. But as I step back and think about it now, there's kind of this golden thread linking all of these roles. And it's been my love for genuine connection through communication and especially written communication. And this really became clear for me when I was building my therapy practice. And I, I DIY'd my copy and all of my blog and social media content. And I didn't know it was called copywriting at the time, but I mm-hmm. discovered this whole world of copywriting online, which was simultaneously totally new information to me and also felt very familiar. So I started a side gig supporting other health and wellness professionals with their own copy projects and documenting what I was learning along the way. I started blogging it and sharing tips on social media. And over time, it has grown into my main business. I actually recently transitioned out of my therapy practice to focus on copy coaching full time. And so I now have the total pleasure of supporting other healers and helpers of all different kinds through courses, workshops, and one-on-one coaching. Oh, wow. That's such a great story. And so interesting to like hear the whole process and how it evolved over time. And it sounds like you've always just had a kind of a love for writing in general. So that's really neat how that's turned into your business too now. I have. It's it's really funny. I mean, <clears throat> when I go back and really think about it, so I was recently home. I'm originally from California. I live in Minneapolis now, but I was home and going through some like bins of, you know, the, the bins of all the kids stuff that parents keep. And um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I found just all these journals and notebooks. I found um, this is really dorky, but I found some books that had like inside the cover little notations that I had actually like my own little library coding system as a kid. And I would loan out books to friends, but to make sure like, like this is not normal, I realize. But what's (laughs) funny is looking back now, I'm like, these are all, it's like a little trail of breadcrumbs that have led me to this point. Like there were always clues there. And I just think just on the off chance, anyone listening at any point in their journey as a health and wellness professional is thinking like, oh, it's like feeling a little twisty turny. I feel like I'm not on this very clear path, or maybe I'm not on the path I originally set out to be on. Just an encouragement that I think that's actually how it is for most of us. Um, And that when you step back, there is more, there's more of that thread connecting all your experiences than you might realize. Oh, wow. That's such a great way to put that too. (laughs) I love that. And it really is funny how things from your childhood can kind of move into adulthood, even if you didn't realize at the time that that was like a big interest of yours or something. Um, I know for me, it was website design. Like I made my first website when I was 13 and really like fell in love with making (laughs) websites. And then 
it was just for fun, of course. And then I kind of stopped doing it for a while in high school and college and came back to it when I started working um, after college and was like, oh, I love this. I forgot all about website design, but I love it so much. So it is funny how those like little threads from childhood can kind of like come back and become like what you really love. (laughs) Anyways, total tangent, but (laughs) A, a fun one though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing a little bit more about your story and how you got started. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and jump in today. Um, We're going to talk about five simple copy changes to really refresh your website. And so I want to kind of before we jump into, I guess, those kind of go over like why messaging is really important on your website and how these small changes can make a big impact. Absolutely. I One of the things I appreciate so much about how you teach about the website experience is that it all should work together to create a, a path for the people landing there that leads them with intention toward whatever the goal is on that page or even the overarching goal on your site. And so I won't like belabor this by giving my pitch for why we can't just slap up our professional credentials <laughs> and call it a day. I know oh that gosh, yeah. <laughs> your audience is way past that um, just from listening to, to what you teach. But when I think about good design and effective copy on a website, they're really aimed at the same goal. They're working in different capacities, but hopefully they're working together to from the get-go, the moment... Um, a visitor lands on your site, there's hopefully these subtle and pretty clear signals to them that they're in the right place, first and foremost. And then from there, although, yes, if you looked at like your site map, there's all sorts of different directions that person could take. Hopefully there's a thoughtful path that's been laid out for them. I know Mm -hmm. a metaphor that a lot of folks find helpful with a website is this like home, right? You're, You're being invited to a home. And just as we wouldn't abandon our guests and like leave them to fend for themselves (laughs) in the entryway. You don't want to do that on your homepage or on any page. At the same time, you don't want to bombard them with like, (laughs) I I sometimes talk with clients about like, if you were to come to my home, well, do as I say, not as I do. Because actually, if you come to my home, this would be more of the experience, but you don't want to (laughs) like have the dog jumping up on them and kids running in saying, come to my room. I want to show you something cool. But like, you want it to feel like a very clear, welcoming experience for them. And Mm so the good news is that once you have some really thoughtful design elements in place, the copy can support that and can work with that. And and often those changes and those um, strategies that we have in place through messaging don't have to be this huge deal. They can be small Uh, thoughtful decisions you make that can really yield a big result in terms of how usable it makes your site. I love that. And Mm. I agree. Um, Design and messaging and strategy, they really do all need to work together. So I love that you're on the same page too with that. I think just those things together are really what's going to make a big impact with your website. And then as far as small changes go, mm-hmm. that's great because we love action-oriented things here on this podcast. Yes. So it's good to just be able to check a few things off your to-do list and make a big impact with your website's messaging and kind of moving things in the right direction. So let's go ahead and jump into these five simple copy changes. Could you share what the first one is, Michaela? You bet. So Right at the top, I would encourage your audience to think about 
their navigation menu labels. So the actual words anchoring all those clickable pieces in a menu. And to, to step back and take a look at them, because oftentimes once we, they're set, we kind of, we step away. We don't spend a lot of time thinking about our navigation menu unless maybe we're updating it. And just ask yourself, first of all, are these accurate? Do these accurately reflect the key navigational strategy I have for my website? Does this map on to how I actually want people to use my site? Or am I just, have I maybe added extraneous pieces here that don't quite, don't quite fit? So once mm-hmm. you've asked yourself that and maybe done some, some pruning, ask yourself about the actual words that you're using as your labels. Are they clear? The navigation menu is one of those kind of sneaky places on a website where we're prone to make it cute or clever when really clarity wins. We want it mm-hmm. to we want it to be immediately clear to visitors what each of these navigation menu labels actually means. And so if you have a section for instance, um, I'm trying to think of examples that I've seen recently. So if you have a blog that you want to link to in your navigation menu, right? blog would be a really great choice or maybe library or resources, something like that. We wouldn't want to put like magical goodies or- Yeah, like, like the name <laughs> of the blog. Right. Or, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We want it to be really clear so that right. even someone, of course, we're designing our, our messaging on our sites with- our dream client, our ideal visitor in mind, but we we don't want it to be nonsensical to anyone. So hopefully anyone could land on the website and understand, right, I click this to yes. get to the blog. <laughs> totally agree. Same with like my podcast. I'm not going to yes. write go to wellness pro podcast right. in the main nav. That would right. be way too much. Yeah. So just podcast. <laughs> totally. Totally. Or like if you have a course or um, a program or something like that, do you recommend putting program or putting course or something like that in the main nav or would somebody put the name of their course or program? It's I feel a really, like that's a tricky one. So it I is a tricky one. one. <laughs> yeah. Good question. I think, and obviously I, I would really want to know your take on this, Julie, but I mm-hmm. think, I think that's one where it comes down to your, your goals for your business. So if the course is your signature offering and it's something that you have built a lot of awareness around and most people, when they land there, you can be sure they're going to know what that means. You can go mm-hmm. ahead and put the name of the course, assuming again, it's not really lengthy. Right. You can put yes. that there. I've seen some people do that effectively. What I think a lot of folks run into is that um, they have more than one offering. Maybe they have a signature offer, but then they have smaller options that people can opt into, at which point it's helpful to at least, even if you're not using it yet, to to do some brainstorming around, what do I want that kind of catch-all term to be in my menu? So it might be work with me or Mm -hmm. offers or services to have something in mind that you can swap out there when you do have more than one offering, if that's your goal. Yes, totally agree mm-hmm. with you. I actually would recommend the exact same thing. So awesome. amazing. Yay. Yeah, I love like work <laughs> with me or services. Yes. And if you have a few, you can either do like a drop down menu or you could do kind of a landing page sort of thing, um, like a work with me. And then you have three different options or something that people can go through. Yes. There's a lot of different ways you can set it up. And it is going to be a little bit different for every single business owner. 
Um, but yes, great idea with the nav labels. I totally agree with you. Simplifying your navigation is really important, not having too many fluff pages. And then also checking out what those nav labels actually say and making sure that's clear for, for people coming to your website, maybe even for the very first time. Yes. And that's great that you mentioned the fluff pages, because I think sometimes, especially <laughs> if they're just just building their experience with putting together a website and thinking all that through, uh, there's sometimes some confusion folks have about, like, does everything need to go in the navigation menu? And of course, the answer is no, that we really just want, we want to be judicious about what goes in there. And we can have lots of different pages that we link to in different capacities in the copy on our site. It doesn't all have to live in the menu. Mm, yes, great point. Yeah, it definitely does not need to all live there. You can have landing pages, you can have um, separate navigation. So sometimes I like to put like less important pages um, that people still need to access, but aren't necessarily important ones like about or work with me, or your blog or whatever, those should all go in the main nav. But if you have like a media kit that people sometimes need to access, but don't need to all the time, you could put that kind of in your footer or something mm, like that and great just idea. have it so it's easy to find or if you need to, but isn't like a main feature on your site. Yes. Okay. So nav labels. That's a great one. What is the next one? The next one are to look at your call to action buttons. Um, mm-hmm. And you can expand that to include call to action links as well, but we're keeping this really simple. And so I would recommend taking a spin through your own site and scanning for all those colorful, hopefully buttons that (laughs) signal, right, there's an action to be taken. So the background to this is that in an ideal world, we'd be thoughtful about every messaging choice we'd make on our site. Um, But often what ends up happening is in the process of working on maybe a a larger messaging project. So a sales page, for example, or your services page, it's easy to sort of overlook the actual copy. So the words that are going in and around your actual call to action button, we kind of choose something and call it a day. So Mm -hmm. now would be a really great time to revisit some of those calls to action and consider, are they doing what I need them to do? Are they functioning as well as I need them to function. And of course, there are some back-end things you can do to actually get data and information about this. But okay. even just giving it at a glance, the test of, does this does this actually fit with the rest of my copy? Does it stand out to my, my ideal client, my person that I'm speaking to? Or can I make some tweaks to this? And I will say, I don't think there's any right or wrong way to choose copy for your call to action buttons. A lot of it has to do with your overall voice and how you're writing your copy. And a lot of it has to do with the specific action you want them to take. Mm -hmm. So is it just kind of being clear on what that action is or what's on the other side when they kind of click that button or something and making sure they understand every step of the way? Yes. That's, that's my perspective is that if we could, be formulating the copy for our call to action buttons with clarity in mind first, Mm -hmm. it's going to function better for us. I think sometimes there's a tendency to um, surround our calls to action with like this fog of mystery, like learn more when we haven't really (laughs) told them what they're learning more about. And, you know, for sure there will always be a subset of your website visitors that are 
on the edge of their seats, or maybe they've been nurtured through your social media content or something else, and they they genuinely do want to click everything you give them to click. But mm-hmm. many people need to be provided with a little more information about that, right? You think about issuing an invitation to a friend to like go on an adventure with you. It's like, they're going to want to know like how many days, what shoes do I wear? (laughs) Like you have to kind of set the frame for them. And so one way that I like to uh, encourage folks to do this is to use more of what I call a call and response approach to call to action buttons. So this is where you are setting up the actual button with an invitation. And so that could quite simply be a simple, you know, it could be something like uh, ready to learn more about this course or Mm -hmm. ready to, and then you'd insert whatever benefit this action is going to bring them. And then the actual words on the button, you would write from the perspective of the person clicking the button. So like, yes, I'm in or tell me Mm. more. And this sort of, it's subtle, but this call and response is inviting them. It's already pulling them into more of an action oriented interaction with you. And I think it, from a user experience, it creates more of that personalized feel on your website. I love that. That's such Mm. a great idea too, to kind of use that language where they're almost when they're clicking the button they're they're actually thinking like oh yes I do want to learn more about this (laughs) instead of just like a simple learn more or buy now or whatever Um, I do think that really helps out a lot and okay I love that that's some great advice for writing call to action buttons and I know that can be a tricky spot for a lot of people is well how do I write these good call to action buttons to actually get people to take action so I think that's going to really help out listeners Good. And the fun part is that there's like, you can play with this full permission to just experiment. And so you might like maybe on a sales or services page to, to land on a very clear and direct call to action, like enroll in course, (laughs) but (laughs) you know, you can, you can sprinkle those in judiciously and then play with the wording of some of the others and just see how they're performing for you. Yeah, that's true. And I know you mentioned there's some things people can do to make sure things are performing. I know you could look at like Google Analytics or you yes. could install heat maps or something like exactly. that. Is that sort of what you were thinking too? That's that's totally what I'm thinking. And I think um, I can share some resources uh, maybe that sure. could be shared if in the show like. notes. Yeah, that mm-hmm. of just uh, third-party tools and things that that folks can use that are quite user-friendly and that can give you a lot of insights into what's happening on the back end. Yeah, that would be great. I'll link those up in the show notes if you can share them with me. Great. Um, Okay, well, that sounds great. What is the next um, simple copy change? So the next simple copy change has to do with your email opt-in description. So Ideally, you're offering something that's relevant and valuable and clear to website visitors in exchange for their precious email. (laughs) Um, And again, I'm totally assuming that your audience is well past just saying, join my newsletter. We want to give them something in return. But sometimes Mm -hmm. what happens again is we we fixate on, well, creating the the opt-in, the freebie, whatever it is we're offering them, we focus on that. Or maybe we we tend to get hung up on like, what am I going to call it? What's a catchy name for this cheat sheet or this challenge or this download? And instead, it's really impactful to take some time to be thoughtful about the hook. Like what is the little mini headline that's going to get someone to even even think about opting in? So Mm -hmm. oftentimes 
like I said, we focus on what it's called, which is really more of the feature. It's more of the what. And we want to focus on more of the so what. Like if I download this thing, it's got a really cute name. It's it's from <laughs> Julie. So I know it's going to be beautifully designed. Like how will it make my life easier? How will it deepen mm-hmm. or enrich my work? Um whatever it's going to do for you, you want to spell that out clearly. And then beneath that little mini headline, then you can give some information about, okay, what are they actually getting? Right. And kind of go into the results and stuff like that more that they're going to, and kind of play into what that hook was. So the hook gets them reading and then it kind of goes into how it's going to make a life-changing impact. Totally. And what I like about this kind of change, I'm all about repurposing because like life is short and we don't need to be reinventing the wheel (laughs) all over the place. And so once you're pretty happy with your hook, I mean, I usually will encourage copy clients to play with like a standard version of it and then maybe a shorter version, just like a couple of variations on Mm -hmm. that opt-in hook that can be used in different ways across your site. And so if there's a dedicated landing page for that opt-in that you're sending people to, you can use kind of the full, that's where you're almost creating like a mini sales page for your Mm -hmm. opt-in. But then you could use these mini versions of it you know, maybe in a a headline call to action on your website, or maybe um, in the margin alongside your blog or some other pages. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can, you know, you're working with the same basic hook, but you you have different versions repurposed across your site. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And I totally agree with you. It's great to repurpose content and <laughs> have to kind of start from scratch with everything we do. And yes. if you just spend the time once to create this, you know, if you want to start with the longer version or something like that to create that, then it's going to be a lot easier to create those other ones that are going to go throughout your website and other places to get people to take that action. Yes. Okay. Well, I love that. And I totally agree. Email opt-ins are really, really (laughs) important to have on your website. So definitely capture those emails if you're Mm -hmm. not already and create an opt-in incentive to, to get people to be on your list so you can keep in touch with them. And it's even better if that opt-in incentive connects to your paid offering too. So think about how people can go from a journey from this free content to actually working with you on either your service or your course or your program or your membership, whatever you have as an offering. Couldn't have said it better. Our host knows what's up. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we both know so much about websites. So I felt like I just wanted to add in. I love it. Yes. (laughs) Um, Okay. So we're on number four for copy changes. Yes. So this focuses on simple changes you can make to any landing pages or thank you pages, for example, on your website and specifically looking at whatever copy is right up at the top. So whether that's usually that'll be some kind of a a headline to let them know what page they're on. Um, Mm -hmm. The main questions to be asking yourself are, does this create a soft landing for whoever is landing here? How can you adjust the headline to make the experience as welcoming and as seamless for visitors as possible? So I'll give you a couple of examples. One is oftentimes folks will be sent to a thank you page, say when they've just opted into your email list, um, you're Mm -hmm. probably delivering whatever that freebie is via email, but oftentimes it'll redirect on the website to a thank you page. Oftentimes, again, because we're busy, (laughs) people will create sort of just a generic piece of language at the top, like, 
thanks for opting in or, um, you know, like check your email. And that is perfectly acceptable. But a simple tweak you can make is to write some copy that just calls out specifically what they've just done and then orients them to what comes next. So Mm. it could be like, you're well on your way to dot, dot, dot. And again, you can repurpose the benefit that you've just promised them um, on that opt-in description. You Mm -hmm. kind of reiterate that at the top of the thank you page. And then you can say, in the meantime, here's the next thing you can do, or let me know this, or check this out, like send them somewhere else. And what this does is just create a really simple but intentional arc. Because when we are sitting there on the back of an end of our websites working on a specific page, it's just like its own little page out there in the universe. This is just my thank you page. But really putting ourselves in the shoes of the visitor to our site, they're in this whole experience. They've just encountered your opt-in. They've learned about it maybe for the first time. The hook has hooked them. They've given their email address and now you're meeting them there saying, yes, you just did this. I see you. (laughs) Here's what's happening (laughs) next. And it really does make, it's subtle, but it makes a big difference in the experience for them. And ultimately what they associate with you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. And that is a page that gets forgotten a lot. So such a good idea to bring Mm -hmm. that one up, a thank you page. And such a good point to say what they just did, like that action, (laughs) just bringing that up again. Because I know I've done that on thank you pages, just, oh, thank you. (laughs) Check your inbox. Like it's so easy to do that. Um, And just kind of keep it at that. And also, I like your idea to then direct traffic somewhere else. So what is that next step you want them to take while they're waiting for that email to come to their inbox? Do you want them to check out your blog to maybe continue getting free content? Or maybe you want them to follow you on social media because that's where you post a lot of content. There's a lot of things you can do to keep people either on your website or keep them engaging with you in another way. Exactly. And I think it's helpful to remember the the psychology of the person who is on that particular part of your site. We know that enthusiasm and attention is at an all-time high when someone first encounters you and your business. That's why email open rates are so much higher early on after someone's mm-hmm. joined your list. Um, and so we want to we wanna capitalize that in the best possible way. Think about your own behavior online when you've discovered someone who is offering this solution that actually really aligns with what you need help with, you want to really um, think about how exciting that is. You know, I, th- I know for me, when I've encountered someone for the first time, it's like, wow, I'm so glad this person <laughs> exists. And so you want to meet them with that excitement and offer them, yeah, just like a, a small menu of options for how they can keep the fun going. I love that. Such a great idea. And I have even seen people do, if you want to get really fancy, I've seen people do like (laughs) videos on thank you pages where they can actually see your face. Yes, That can be really helpful too. Of course, that's a lot more work. (laughs) So if that's too much, (laughs) just skip that. But that's something else you could do to kind of optimize the thank you page absolutely, um, to build that connection a little bit further. Okay, let's go on to the last simple copy change. Yes. So the last one I have is pop-ups, which tends to be pop-ups are polarizing just as a a topic um, because (laughs) we've all had the experience of just being hit with some really poorly executed pop-ups, like messy pop-ups, distracting pop-ups, pop-ups that like 
have sound associated with them and then we don't know where it's coming from and it's hard to turn off. Like this is, this is a whole thing. And so I, I really like uh, the approach of trying to reclaim what pop-ups can do, like how they can live in the universe of your website. I think that when approached thoughtfully, pop-ups can really enhance the experience on your site. And that's the whole point. And so the question I would encourage folks to ask themselves is, if I have pop-ups right now, are they actually adding to the experience on my site? And back to the goal of my site or on this particular page, is it helping facilitate the path toward that goal? Or is it actually leading them in a totally different mm-hmm. direction? Is it is it introducing a new call to action of sorts that's actually going to distract them from the action I really want them to take? Mm-hmm. And then a separate question would be, if, if you haven't um, considered how pop-ups might function on your site to maybe spend some time thinking, okay, how could I use them strategically to, to actually help capture attention or to facilitate the process? One example I like to share is one of my clients, she's a therapist, um, and she had found that on a lot of consultation calls, she was getting great feedback from potential clients who were saying, you are exactly what I'm looking for. I'm eager to start therapy, but for one reason or another, they just, the timing wasn't right. They weren't able to access her services just yet, but Mm -hmm. she, she didn't want to lose these people when they came to her site. And those were just the ones she was hearing from. She knew that there was, that was kind of like a, a leak um, in the bowl. And so Mm -hmm. we thought about how pop-ups could actually help with this. And so she included an exit intent pop-up so that when folks are on her site, they've spent some time there and then they're they're going to leave to navigate it away from the site. There's a simple pop-up that comes up and says, not up for therapy just yet. We get it. Let's stay in touch until the timing's right. And it's just a oh. very subtle way to let folks know that's okay. I still want to keep in touch with you. And that that is just a, and then she has a freebie that she offers them associated with that. Mm-hmm. But I just would encourage folks to, to take a close look at pop-ups and whether there's a place for them on their site. Yeah, I love that. And that's such a great example you provided too. It sounds like there's a lot of intention behind your pop-up strategy, which yes. is great because when it comes to pop-ups, yeah, we've seen those websites where there's just tons of pop-ups or you're trying to look at a recipe or something on a oh. blog and all these pop-ups show yes. up and you're like, no, I can't. I just want to see the recipe. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, something like that. So you don't want to distract visitors with pop-ups. And I think that's why they kind of get a bad reputation. <laughs> but um, if you can actually use them intentionally and think about how it's going to help your business, then I totally agree. I think pop-ups can be great, but only when used well. Um, And I also love those slide in type pop-ups where they come in at the bottom versus like on the page. I don't know. It's just a subtle thing, but (laughs) it's a lot less like intrusive sometimes if it's just like an email opt-in incentive, for instance, while people are visiting your site, because it's just kind of hanging out there. You can still see things and read things if you were looking at something else, but it's there and it's something your eye is going to notice too. So that's another great way you can use pop-ups. Yeah, I feel that way too. And I, I love those when I've seen them on sites. And I think that's just it. That, this highlights a great point of intersection between 
copy and design where the two mm-hmm. ideally are working together, right? We want to be thoughtful about what we're actually saying on the pop-up, what we're inviting them to do. And then design works seamlessly with that so that it's not like, because if it's a great message, but it's bombarding them and interrupting their right. experience, it's not going to work. Yes, totally yeah. agree. It really does need to work together. That's why I'm so glad there's people like you, Michaela, too. <laughs> so we could kind of work together on these types of things, you know, design and messaging and yes. strategy and just kind of bring it together into a website that's actually going to connect and convert. So I love that. Yay. Well, these were all great tips. Um, and just to kind of go over them all, it was nav labels looking at your CTA buttons or your links, um, email opt-in descriptions, thank you pages, and pop-ups. So take a look at all of those things. And when you can, add them to your to-do list to kind of take a look, (laughs) see if there's anything you need to tweak. And I think this episode's been great because it's going to give people a lot of action-oriented things that they can do to improve their website messaging really quickly. So I love that. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. And that's music to my ears. (laughs) (laughs) Well, where can listeners learn a little bit more about you online? Yes. So I will go ahead and round up um, some of the resources that I've mentioned here um, on here. We'll we'll get very meta with this. I'm going to do a a nice soft landing for you with a landing page just for the audience of this episode. So if you go to, yeah, www.drmichaela.com forward slash go to wellness pro, all one word. Um, I'll round them up there. And then folks can also there learn about a bonus tip um, for a small change you can make on your website, which is looking at your testimonials. Are they representative of your best, most recent work? Do you need to maybe swap some of them out? And I have a resource for a really simple recipe to ensure that your testimonials, that you're getting them consistently and that they're performing really well for you. Oh, I love that. And yes, testimonials are super important. So definitely make sure you all go and grab that. I will link that up too in the show notes. So it's easy to click on over to that landing page and also link up your Instagram and your website there too. So if anybody is interested in learning a little bit more. Thanks so much, Julie. Well, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. For more episodes, show notes, and to learn more about working with me, head to julesdesign.co. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would take just a couple minutes to head over to iTunes and leave a review. And if you're not already, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Until next time, sending lots of love and support, and I'll see you next week.